going to be talking to you today about what we feed our souls. And I think that most of us are aware in this age and day that, um, that what we feed ourselves matter. And some, but sometimes, uh, now you, <laughs> some of us are better at that than others. You can take one look at me and tell that I'm not exactly uh, Mr. Healthy Eater, although I am trying. In fact, yesterday I was on my way home from here uh, after kind of setting things up for, for today, last night, uh, and I needed to stop uh, for something for dinner. And uh, I was going to stop and pick up a salad to take home for dinner. And I talked myself out of it. <laughs> That's how bad it is. What I did actually was postpone it to this afternoon. I'm, I'm, I've told myself I'm going to do it this afternoon. I'm having a salad this afternoon. Some of us are doing better at trying to uh, make sure that we feed our bodies a better diet. But we neglect our souls. Most of us neglect the subject of soul food, how we feed our souls. And you got to think that that's what, that must be more important than what I feed my body. Not that what I feed my body isn't important, but what I feed my soul must be more important than that. And so I wanted to, to uh, dive into that subject with you today and read a couple of verses from um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Here we go. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, whatever things are, excuse me, whatever things are of good report, there's that little line in my bifocals there that, um, anyway, here we go again. Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to Christians in the city of Philippi. He's coming to the end of his letter. He says, finally, finally, brethren. And then he gives them these instructions. I don't know about you, but when I'm writing a, you know, a thoughtful communication, not just one I have to rip off in a minute or two, but one that I'm sitting down and I'm thinking about what I want to say. I, I'm a pen pal with my oldest granddaughter. When I sit down to write to her, I'm, I'm thinking about what I say. Um, when I'm in that mode of considered and thoughtful writing, I will save the thing that is most important that I'm trying to communicate till last because that's what I want to leave with them, right? So when Paul says this at the end of his letter, finally, brethren, this isn't just something he's tagging, tacking on to the end of this letter for the heck of it. It's something that's important. Finally, brethren. And then he gives us a list of criteria, things that we ought to consider about what we're thinking. And then he says, he gives himself as a model. Follow me. Do what you've seen in me. Do what you've heard in me. Let me be a model to you. And that's what we've read in, in Philippians chapter uh, 4, verses 8 and 9. Think on these things. Now, if we're going to be talking about what we're uh, feeding our souls, we need to kind of think about what the soul is. So, but first of all, I want to just give you, before we get to that, talking about, 
you know, what the soul is, I'm going to give you some of my entertainment choices because I'm going to be making a connection today about your, between your entertainment choices and what you're feeding your soul because what, your, what you feed your soul comes in through your intellect, your emotions, and your will. We'll get to that in just a minute. And there's nothing that penetrates that filter, that grid, more than entertainment. And I'll talk to you about that in a minute. Now, please give me a break. I'm an old man. So some of these things that, that I put up here in just a minute of my entertainment choices may not be even relevant to you. In fact, this guy that's up here right now, James Taylor, he's my favorite music artist. I have tickets to see him in a couple of weeks. Most of you probably have no idea who that is. And that's okay. So just give me a break on this and realize, yeah, that's an old man. He's, he's irrelevant. Anyway, so James Taylor, my favorite musician. Star Wars, I watched episode four last night. I am just a fan. I read all the books and all that stuff. And if you want to know what a tauntaun is or something like that, come and talk to me. I can tell you. <laughs> this is my favorite place to vacation, the Rainbow Tower of the Hilton Hawaiian Village on Waikiki Beach uh, on the, in the island of Oahu in the state of Hawaii. In fact, I could show you the room I like to stay in uh, in that picture. There's no place I'd rather be except for here and now with you, <laughs> than there. <laughs> um, I like to read John Grisham. He's a novelist, and uh, if you've never read the Testament, I, I encourage you to do so. Um, I'm not sure I could recommend all of his books, but anyway, I'm a fan. Um, and don't kill me. I, I can't help it. I know. Do not... I can't help it. <laughs> I... <laughs> I was, uh, I grew up in L.A., and hey, you gonna, listen, you got to give me a break on this, because I was, get this, I was 10 years old, took a bus, we lived in the suburbs, I took a bus with a friend of mine, I was 10 years old, down into downtown L.A., LA hiked up to Dodger Stadium, in those days we called it Chavez Ravine, up to Dodger Stadium, and I watched the Hall of Famer Sandy Koufax pitch a perfect game. All right? So give me a break. I'm a fan of the Dodgers. I still root for the Giants on occasion. But... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so these are some of my entertainment choices. You have your own. But I just wanted you to get in the thought process of these are the things, these are the vectors, the, the way that we are introducing food to our souls. And so we better talk about what it, the soul is. Now, this, the, the soul is one of the three parts that make up you. You are a spirit that has a soul wrapped in a body. Now, I'm going to work my way out from the outside in uh, as we define this a little bit uh, for reasons that are particularly um, appropriate to this message. Although normally when I talk about people being tripartite beings, I'll start from the spirit and work my way out because that's the real you. But I'm going to begin with the body, and it's probably the most obvious part of a human being, the body. So what is it? Well, it's your physicality, your senses. It is the part of you made for world consciousness, and it is the gateway to your soul. What you feed your soul comes in through your body. Your senses, what you hear, what you see, what you experience. The gateway to the soul. Your soul is that part of you that houses your intellect, 
how you, what you think, how you process things intellectually, your emotions, what you're feeling, and your will, your decision-making, the decision-making part of you, where you choose things. Uh, it, it is the part of you designed for self-consciousness, where your body is designed for world consciousness, relating to the world around you. Your soul is the part of you that is self-aware, self-conscious, and, re- and designed for relating to other people. Uh, it is the gateway to your spirit. That's why, because the soul sits in between your body and your spirit and is the gateway to your spirit, that's why this issue of what you feed your soul is pretty darn important. So we get to the spirit. The spirit is the real you, the eternal you. It's the God-relating part of you. It was, it's the part of you that is designed for God consciousness, awareness of and relation to God. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about the soul and its relation to the other parts of you. So when Paul says, think on these things, he's talking about the soul because the soul is where your intellect resides. He's talking about soul food. You know, sometimes we act as though it doesn't matter. I, I all the time, and, and look, there is no, there's no list out there of appropriate movies and music and, you know, uh, you name it. There's, the, and any Christians or Christian organization or preacher persons like me that try to impose some, a list, it's not, it's not appropriate because we are all different. We have different ways that things affect us. For instance, my wife is a very, very, very sensitive soul. Any living thing, you know, she at Christmas time, I have to be careful where I drive because if I take her by a Christmas tree lot where there are any Christmas trees left that didn't get adopted, she'll weep. She'll cry. She is just, even though they're dead, even though, you know, I can't seem to get that through to her. They're, they're dead, dear. They're, uh, no, it's, she's very, very sensitive. So, you know, I can go and I can see, as I did a few years ago, a movie called I Am Legend. It's, a, it's a, not, not true. It's fictional. But uh, in it, a dog dies. I could not take my wife to see that movie. It'd be, she'd, be, she'd be several days in recovery after that. So, they're, they're, you know, so what I'm saying is what's appropriate for one person is not necessarily appropriate for another. But Paul says there is some things that we can pay attention to about what we're thinking about. What we are feeding our souls but a lot of people think that it doesn't matter. And, um, you know, I, I, can, I guess I can sort of understand that. Well, it's just, you know, it's just entertainment. Um, a few years ago, my son and uh, two of his friends, um, he, lives in, he and his wife live up in Oregon, and a couple of his friends from up there went on a, a little road trip down to our house. I just, I was excited that my son wanted to take a road trip to see me. That was like, whoa, thank God. 
So they, they came and they showed up and they spent the weekend with us. And one night, they, had, uh, they wanted to uh, watch a movie that they had rented. And it was, this was several years ago, but it was uh, the first James Bond movie in the current series. And I can't remember the new Bond character, what his act, the actor's name is. But anyways, uh, you all know. So Apparently, you're watching these movies and I, I don't care. <laughs> Anyway, they wanted to see this movie, and I hadn't seen it. I thought, okay, so we watched it. I think it was like rated PG-13 or something like that. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary uh, in terms of ratings and so forth. But over the years, I've become, because I know me, I've become very tuned to what I can expose my soul to. And particularly... Things that are provocative sexually, I've just gotten very careful that I, I don't expose my soul to it. I mean, I, I've just, it's habit now. I turn away, I distract myself, I do. Uh, I can't afford to have those images in my mind. So anyway, we're watching the movie and it's, it's, uh, it's going okay. But there are a couple of pretty steamy, almost love scenes in this movie. And we got to the first of these and I... And I, I did my instinctive thing, and I turned away, and I, was, I looked at my son and his buddies that were there, and they were kind of like ho-hum. You know, they weren't drooling, <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. So I figured, well, it can't be, can't be too bad. Yeah, so I continued on, and then we watched the rest of the movie, and afterwards, uh, Sue had already gone to bed. She didn't want to see the film, and so she went on to bed, and so she was sawing logs upstairs. At the end of the movie, the guys were going to go play cards or something, and I opted out, and I said, I'm going to go on to bed. I got to the bottom of the staircase leading up to our room. I grabbed hold of the um, railing there. And I, I heard God. I don't know exactly what it was that God said, but I knew what he meant, if that makes sense to you. And he, it was like he opened my eyes. And in that moment, it was an instant. It was like that. I knew I'm taking that woman to bed with me tonight. And I, I can't do that. I cannot afford to do that. Now, I'm not always as good about this stuff as I should be, but I, that night, I did not go up the stairs. I turned and I went into my study where I, I do a lot of praying, and I got down, I literally got down on my knees, and I, I did business with God, and I did business with that spirit of lust that I knew was after me. I don't know what you think about these kinds of things, but it doesn't matter. I don't care what you think. I know what I've got to deal with. And I dealt ruthlessly with that spirit, and I refused to climb the stairs until I knew that I, my heart and my mind and my soul were clear. This stuff matters. It matters. It matters a lot. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because it engages, entertainment engages your body and your soul. I mean, that's what it's all about. When you go to an amusement park and you get on the Ferris wheel, oh, nobody goes on a Ferris wheel, you go on a, uh, you know, a roller coaster or something like that, it's something that you're experiencing physically, but it's also an intellectual thing. It's also an emotional thing. It's engaging your spirit I mean, excuse me, your body and your soul. And your body is the gateway to your soul. And your soul is the gateway to your spirit. It's important. 
Your senses, your imagination, your emotions, your intellect are involved. And the thing about entertainment is we end up giving ourselves to it and we drop our guard in ways that... um, Excuse me, I got ahead of myself here. We drop our guard in ways that are detrimental to ourselves. We normally, most of us, we have different kinds of filters, right? And so when you hear the words free in, a, in, a, in an advertisement, we have a filter that says, uh-uh, <laughs> right? We know. We, we have these filters. When somebody, so you get my, my point. We, but when we come to entertainment, we drop those filters. We want to be, in fact, they use the term immersion about uh, entertainment, when you have that big screen TV and you have your couch the right distance from the TV so it fills your frame of view, you've got your 7.1 surround sound. What is the point but immersion? So you drop your guard and you're caught up in that uh, film or that whatever television show, whatever. The goal is, and I'm not saying it's a bad goal. I mean, all of us from time to time, we need to be entertained. We need to be have a break from the the routine of our lives and be caught away in something else. That's perfectly wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as we understand what we're doing. Because we drop our guard in those moments and the filters that that have been set up to sort of protect us, they come down. So we need to be careful about that. It, our entertainment shapes our worldview, our values, and priorities in profound and lasting ways, more than you know. If all you, you know, if the only thing you were exposed to in terms of truth about the relationship between a man and a woman is what you see in films and on TV, well, you would have a very warped understanding. Because it shapes, and look, we're living in a culture that for, uh, you know, where that's true. Where people think, because this is all they've been exposed to, they think that the goal of a successful date is to get into bed with a person they've just gone on a date with. That's the goal of it, because that's what they've only seen. The value about dating has been twisted and misshapen in people's understanding. Our values, our priorities... Our worldview is shaped more than we know by entertainment. And we, if we ignore that, if we're not careful about that, we can really get messed up. So this is important. That's why it matters. Now, thankfully, the Bible gives us some criteria. Again, this is not a list of you know, what you can watch or not watch, where you can go or not go. That's not the point. The point is get the principles into your heart and mind so that the Lord can help you to make the right decisions. That's why Paul says, finally, brethren, think on these things. And he gives us the criteria. And I just want to walk through them briefly with you and then wrap things up if that's okay. It's okay, right? All right. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true. So the first of these criteria is, does it, communicate truth does it communicate truth now look I got through telling you a minute ago I read fictional novels 
so that the story isn't true. So it's not about that. It's about is what's being communicated related to truth, to what is true about God? Or is it a distortion? Is it a lie? Is it an untruth? It's something that the enemy could use to reshape or misshape my concepts of things. So, so prior, uh, criteria number one, uh, does it communicate truth? It goes on to say, whatever things are noble, does it appeal to noble desires? Or is what you're engaged in in terms of entertainment, is it, is it appealing to base uh, desires? What is the appeal? Why are you attracted to it? What is its uh, presentation? He says, whatever things are just. In other words, do they inspire right living? Does it inspire you to live in a righteous way, a God-honoring way? Um, whatever things are pure, does it, this thing that you're engaged in, reading a book or watching a movie or going to a, a vacation spot or whatever it is that you're doing for entertainment, does it value purity? And I can tell you that there's very little in the way of, of uh, what Hollywood is putting out that values purity in any way. In fact, I don't even know that any of us these days have a real good grasp of what purity is. That's how far we've come. Because purity is always um, uh, uh, laughed at. Purity is the ridiculed subject in most of what is presented to us in terms of um, entertainment. But Paul says, wait a minute. Think about this. Ask yourself, does it value Purity. Whatever things are lovely, does it promote love? Whatever things are of good report, does it have a good reputation? And I don't mean from your buddy to say, hey, you got to see that. I mean, is it generally esteemed highly? Does it generally have a good report? Um, he says... Uh, where was I? Is there anything, uh, or excuse me, is there a good report? Is there any virtue? Is there, does it, uh, virtue is excellence. Does it encourage excellence? When you come away from that experience, does it invite you to live an excellent life? And then finally he says, uh, can you commend it? Um, is there anything Praiseworthy? Is it something you would recommend to me? These are the criteria that Paul gives us for evaluating what we're feeding our souls. So that's kind of the end of the Bible study. What I'd like to do for another minute or two is just talk to you out of my own heart, okay? About how to implement this stuff. So this is not scripture and verse, this is just me. How do you implement this stuff? Well, first, for yourself, for yourself, stop and think. Stop and think before you put that disc in the player, before you fire up YouTube, 
before you fork over the money, before you buy the ticket, stop and think. Ask yourself, is this worth the price of admission? Am I going to be paying more than I should for this? Third, consider what you're modeling. Because look, all of us have people who are watching us. There's nothing private about my faith in Christ. Nothing is ultimately private. Yes, I have, I have a, a private place that I, where I spend time with God. I have uh, private times of prayer and private times of you know, worship. You, you know, that goes without saying. But ultimately, those private experiences that I have with God, they have a public, um, a public readout. They have a public impact. What happens in that private place is not just for me. It has impact on, and that's true for you too. There are people watching you, your kids, your friends, your neighbors. You proclaim to be a follower of Christ, most of you in this room. So, <laughs> when they see what you do, do they see someone who's feeding their soul well? Because they're trying to figure out how to do that. And the modeling that they're getting is not so good. Consider what you're modeling. Then for your kids, if you're a parent today, for your kids, how does this affect them? How do you implement this with your kids? Well, first of all, be aware. Be aware. Do you know what's happening in their um, media-soaked, entertainment-saturated world? Do you know? I mean, nobody... This would not be something you ought to do. In fact, I don't even know you could find these magazines anymore. But when my kids were in their early teens, even in their later teens, I would occasionally go down to 7-Eleven to the magazine rack and I'd buy 16 or whatever those other you know, magazines were for teenage girls. Because I had two of them. Anyway, I, <laughs> and I, I just you know, I felt like an idiot buying this thing. But I wanted to know, what are they being exposed to? What is... What is cool for them? What's important to them? What kind of pressures are they under to conform? All right, be aware. Be aware. Be understanding. And don't overreact. Listen, the, this is a hard, one to, a hard balance to strike. But you know, your kids, they are part of a generation. And every generation has its own soundtrack. Every generation has its movie, right? And you don't want to deprive them of that connection to their generation and their people, uh, their peers, excuse me. If you can help it, you need to be understanding about that and not just, you know, um, cutting them off at the knees every time. But part of being understanding uh, means that when you say no, you say why. And provide an alternative. My daughter, went, my oldest daughter, went, I think she was in middle school. She came to me one time and she said, Dad, I want to see this movie. And if I, if, if I mentioned the name, you, most of you would know what it, what it is. It's kind of a classic. But at that time, it was just in the, had been just in the theaters. And I hadn't seen it. And I didn't really know much about it. But there was a twinge in my spirit going off when she was asking me, 
Can I watch this movie? And here's the thing that she said, which we all say. All my friends have seen this, right? (laughs) I could not let that be the reason I would say yes. I I wanted to, you know, because I don't want to deprive her of her connection with her friends and and all that. And I know that, you know, they're all talking about it and she feels left out. And I get that. I understand that. And I tried to um, express that to her. But I said, honey, I don't. There's something about this that's bothering me right now in my spirit. And I... And I don't know anything about this movie, but I'm going to find out. And here's what we're going to do. I don't know why. I, I can't remember the exact timing of the thing because it had just been recently in the theaters. But it was available on, I don't know, VHS or I don't know, probably carved on rocks or something. And that's how old I am. But anyway, I, I, um, I said, I'm going to watch it. And then I'll tell you what I think. And so I took time off of work. I rented the thing, came home and watched it, and it literally made me sick to my stomach for what it promoted and the values that it was dispensing. And so I went to her and I said, Honey, I'm not going to let you watch this movie. And I understand that it puts you in a hard place with your friends. Um, but here's why. And I went through with her. This is what I saw. This is what they said. This is how it was promoted. And you know, these are not values we hold. This is not what we believe. Now, she wasn't, oh, yeah, I get it, Dad. It was like, you know, that whole thing. But I, that, I was trying to come her way. I wasn't just dismissing uh, her desire. But here's what I did. I offered to her. I said, but honey, you cannot watch this movie, but I have already purchased for you the soundtrack. Here it is. You can listen to these songs. I've already vetted them. And so I I, I explained why, and then I offered her an alternative. So it wasn't just no. I got to say kind of a yes, too. It wasn't just compromise. It was being mindful that this is a human being that that I've been entrusted with some stewardship over and, and there's times when I have to find that place of being faithful and true to what God has called me to do in her life but at the same time understanding where she's at. So when you say no, say why and provide an alternative and finally teach them the values of making the right choices themselves. A friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, he was out with his son in their town where they live uh, having ice cream downtown, sitting on a curb or on a, a wall somewhere, just eating ice cream cones. And his son said to him, Dad, I, I feel really weird. I don't know how to explain it, but I don't, I don't feel good right now. Well, son, are you, do you feel sick? Or do we need to go to the doctor? I mean, no, it's not that. I, I, don't, I don't. And his dad wisely said to him, he said, well, son... What you feel right now, pay attention to that. Because that is how God will help you to be, mind, to be careful when you're in places or, or seeing things or doing things that are not pleasing to him. And he went on to explain to him, now this is not, I don't want you to be afraid, son, but we are in a part of our town where there is a lot of occultic activity. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens around here and people promoting a lot of weird things. 
And I didn't bring you here purposefully or ignorantly of that. I, I just assumed it wouldn't affect us. But it is affecting you. You are being spiritually sensitized to something that's going on unseen right here. And I want you to pay attention to this. Because when it happens again, know where it's coming from. I just thought that was amazingly wise on that man's part. And served his son well. One time my son had, I think I've told you this story before. My, my son, he was, oh gosh, he may have been 18 even. He was scheduled to go to San Francisco. We lived in San Jose. He was scheduled to go to San Francisco with some friends to a concert. A uh, performer I didn't know anything about and wasn't, you know. In this case, he was 18, and I felt the Lord leading me, trust him, trust him. Show him that you trust him. You've been pouring into his life for 18 years, your values, and that you've been trying to teach him to make right decisions about his entertainment choices. Trust him. And my first reaction was, yeah, but Lord, I don't, I don't trust them right now. But I just kept sensing the Lord say, trust him, trust him. And so I told him, okay, you can go. Because he had asked me. And uh, the night before he was supposed to go off to San Francisco with these guys to see that, that concert, he came to me and he said, he said, Dad, are you sure I should go to this thing? <laughs> are you sure? I said, son, I gave you the choice. Yeah, but Dad, when I don't do what you think is right, I always end up messed up. He said, are you sure I should do this? And I said, well, son, no, I don't. I really don't. He said, then I'm not going. He got on the phone and called his buddies and told them he wasn't going. Now, the reason that that, I wish I could say that, you know, we had victories like that all the time when our kids were growing up. We didn't. But the reason that that day happened was because for his lifetime, I've been trying to help him learn to pay attention to what he feeds his soul. And... Dear ones, that's something that we cannot afford to uh, not pay attention to. So I'm going to wrap this up now by asking you to set your things aside and stand with me and we're going to close in prayer. So I hope you heard my heart today. I'm not here to tell you what you should watch on TV or go to the movies to see or any of that kind of stuff, what you ought to listen to in terms of music. You know, a lot of it is just plain taste, you know, and some stuff I, will, you know, I just won't get, but that's all right. So I'm not, I'm not here today to tell you anything like that. I'm here to de- today to tell you it matters what you feed your soul. And that God has given us a grid by which we can evaluate these things in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. This is recording number 11103 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, May 4, 2014. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Soul Food.